What's up, folks? Welcome to another episode of the Compile Swift podcast, videocast. This one is a little different. In fact, it's a very lot different. And if this works out, we'll do more of these. If it doesn't work out, this is the only one. So this is that's how this is going to go. <laughs> we are doing this. We have, as you all know, I'm a, I do live streams. And if you don't, well, you should check them out. And in our live streams community, uh, we have a lot of folks hang out in each other's chat rooms. And with me today, I have Jeff Pato, who is who I, I met on Twitch. And he uh, basically, he fixes everything I break, right? So every stream I do pretty much ends up with, I write something bad, he makes it good. And uh, he is uh, just a phenomenal developer. He won't mind me saying that, I'm sure. But I'm going to hand it over to him and let him introduce himself. Jeff, please, please, please introduce yourself. Yeah. Uh, my name is Jeff, as you've said several times now. Uh, I am on Twitch as the Twitch streamer CocoType, uh, C-O-C-O-A-T-Y-P-E. That is a name of the uh, company by which I generate all of my indie apps. I currently have five indie apps in the store. Uh, mostly uh, focused on two of them, Black Highlighter, which is a text redaction app, and Kineo, which is a animation toy app. Uh, allows you to draw animations and uh, put them together. Yeah, I've been doing iOS development basically as long as you can. I uh, had an app in the store on day one and uh, have been sticking around since then. Yeah, you, you're stuck with it, right? You're, you're like, this this might work out. I should hang in with it, it, this, right? Yeah, it's, it seems like it might have some legs. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear that, you know, phones are going to catch on, so that that's a thing too, but, you know. Uh, we'll put links in the show notes for everything on this t- so you can check it out. But uh, he, he has been doing a marathon this week of streaming every day. We're, we're recording this on a Thursday, mm-hmm. and he has been doing every day this week uh, streaming, and it's... Always a pleasure to hang out in his stream. I try to give him as hard a time as possible. Uh, in return, he tries to give me hard a time as possible. And um, It's a fair system. Yeah, it's a fair system. Uh, the unfair part is that everybody else in the chat room gives us a hard time uh, for <laughs> no reason, which is, which doesn't, doesn't seem right. Now, uh, I will point out we are live streaming this on Twitch uh, as we record this. And I have the chat room here as well, so that as some folks might drop by and ask us questions, we will do our best to answer uh, it live. We will also um, try to, if we don't know the answers, we'll do what we do on the live stream, which is make it sound convincing. That That's plan B. Please, you know, give us as much of your history as you care to admit to. <laughs> um, you know, I, I know that, as you said, you've been doing Swift since day one. I think like so many of us, right? Um, we jumped in day one and we're like, oh, this will work out fine. And and then uh, the first three years were, this is not going so great. And then after that, life got better. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I got my start in programming on the Mac before the iPhone was a thing, before before it was released. Uh, had done, you know, I was in high school at the time, so I wasn't doing anything serious. Uh, but I had done uh, a couple toy little apps because I had seen, you know, a lot of the big indie names out there at the time, um, you know, doing apps and, and, you know, making cool products. And I really wanted to, you know, kind of, I wanted to be in that community and I wanted to be in that crowd. Um, you know, the folks like Panic, uh, Delicious Monster, um, 
uh, NetNewsWire, those those kinds of apps that existed at that time. It's like, man, these are all really cool. Um, you know, it, it's neat that you can just make something as a one man show and go out there and, uh, you know, actually make something that is as nice, if not better than some of Apple's own apps. Um, mm -hmm. And I really wanted to learn that. So I got into uh, Mac development with Objective-C at the time there, uh, AppKit, uh, all of all of the native frameworks of the time. Um, this would have been 2007-ish or so. Um, and yeah, that was that was kind of my intro to the Apple development ecosystem. Uh, the app, or sorry, the iPhone came out shortly after that. Was at WWDC for Apple's announcement of how everybody was going to build apps for the iPhone, and you know this this very exciting thing that Steve Jobs called the sweet solution of mm -hmm. everybody can just build web apps. This is how we're going to build apps for the the App Store. <laughs> Uh, obviously a little bit disappointed by that, but thankfully a year later we got the, uh, iOS SDK and that was, Hey, this is how you're going to actually build real native apps. Um, at that time I was now in college and was kind of playing around with the SDK. Didn't really have an idea of what I wanted to do with it. Didn't really have a product idea or anything like that. Just, I want to know how to learn this. And then got an email from a, another student at my college, and they were a journalism student um, and wanted to say, like, hey, you know, uh, we're reaching out to the CS department as a whole and saying we're looking for somebody to help us build an iPhone app. And apparently they got 14 responses. 13 of which were like, you can't build iPhone apps. It's only web, web apps. <laughs> iPhone apps aren't a thing. And then little old me who was just like, I'll do it. I, you know, I barely know anything about what's going on, but sure, I can build you an app. Um, and yeah, sure enough, we, we worked with them or I worked with them and uh, they were building a app to kind of say like, what is local community news? And this was in our college town and it kind of pulled in data sources from a lot of the local uh, news sources the you know like weather from the local nbc affiliate uh radio from the local npr affiliate and then uh newspaper had a lot of headlines and information and like that uh like that and uh yeah so we built that app and we got that uh put together and got all the data everything pulled in very early on in the app store or very early on in the sdk lifecycle, and then did in fact submit it and it was on the app store on day one so that nice. was that was the uh, that was my first iOS app. Yeah, nice. And and so yeah, let's 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 sort of keep going through that timeline because you know since then uh, I have seen you you work on some apps that do uh, well very cool things. Because Kineo actually came out three weeks after that first app. Um, Kineo was in the App Store, I believe, July or August of two thousand eight, um, and that was an oh, app dang. that I was working on with a designer friend of mine at the time. Um, Molly Wagner was his name. And uh, we essentially came, he came up with the idea of like, what if there was a drawing app on the phone and what if you could do uh, all of these animations? And that was, that was that app there. We, we built uh, that together. He did a lot of very cool designs and stuff for that app um, very early on in the app store history. So again, all we really had to pull from was, what is Apple doing? 
and we were able mm. to make some some pretty cool designs there. Uh, get some really cool animations and stuff happening in uh, the App Store, and uh, yeah, really we're pushing the uh, hardware of the day. You know, this is the iPhone 3G, the iPhone sure. 3GS, and we're now trying to play animations uh, and you know <laughs> custom drawing engines and stuff like that. But yeah, that was that was a big deal at the time. And yeah, that app was on the store originally from 2008 to 2010 and then got rebooted again way later. Interesting. I did not know it was that old. Mm -hmm. And I say that because, you know, as I see it now and you've got things like the, you know, the pencil kit and everything else in there, you you tend to think, Oh, this must be a a new, you know, well, I say new, but, uh, a newish app because of the technologies you've got in there now, presumably compared to what almost hand rolled everything yeah, back then. I guess. Everything, yep. Yeah. And, and yeah. that, that is why the app, that app came back is pencil kit was announced with iOS 13 or so. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. I remember this app that I had had and it had been off the store for several years at that point. But uh, I was like, Oh man, you know, if I can get, all of this, like, I basically get to throw away all of my hand-rolled drawing code. I don't have to deal with this anymore. Um, but I still get to, like, focus on what matters to me, which is how you animate them all together, what the UI looks like, mm-hmm. how you do exports, all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, I can hide away the actual drawing code. That is something that now Apple takes care of. And, yeah, that's why I rebooted that app in 2020 and brought it back and, you know, Everybody that bought it back in 2008, they already have their uh, free copy. And, uh, yeah, it, it kind of just came back from the dead. As you mentioned, you know, for those original folks who bought the original version, uh, you just got a, uh, an awesome free update <laughs> yeah. because safe to assume they're not using their iPhone 3G at this point, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, and so – and I'm also thinking like the the iPad as well, mm-hmm. right? You know, the, the pencil is, uh, you know, as I've mentioned before, I love using the pencil. Um, shame about my handwriting. But when it comes to drawing, it's the only way I can do things. Yep. So an app like this is is just priceless for something like that. And it appeals to to all levels and all ages as well, right? Yep. Uh, that's the other part too. Yeah, that's very much. And, and to kind of go to your point of like, what are the things that new technologies enable? Like that is a large part of how I build apps. What what kinds of apps I go and create is I want to see what are the new things that Apple has released. What are the new things that Apple has made possible? Um, we talked, we, we touched briefly on my app black highlighter a while ago, and that was one of those as well. It's Apple years and years ago, introduced a API called the vision framework. And what that allowed you to do was basically use computer vision at a higher level than, you know, what I'm doing this week with the ML models. Uh, (laughs) But kind of just like Apple was wrapping away a uh, computer vision framework. And there was something in there several years ago that was, hey, we will show you where there is text in this image. We can't tell you what that text says. We're not doing character recognition, but we're just saying there's text in this part of the image. Mm-hmm. And I had a need for something that I was, you know, taking pictures of uh, different things. Uh, in, in this case, it was uh, pill bottles that had sensitive information on them. 
and uh, was, you know, sharing them on, on social media. And I was like, it would be really cool if I didn't have like to scribble it out and like I have to go and edit it by hand because Apple's markup, mm-hmm. if you like draw over something, it's still slightly transparent and it doesn't actually like redact anything. So uh, you're not really uh, hiding any information if you're just using Apple's tools. Um, but I wanted to build this this tool that was like, I want it to just automatically detect where this is. Doesn't look all scribbly and messy. It's nice and even and definitely actually hides everything. And that mm-hmm. vision framework allowed me to do that. It's it's basically shows up on screen where are where is their text on the screen? And then you can point at that text and say, here is uh here's what I don't want to show, I guess is is how that app works. And that is uh, the basis of the app. That was that was the very first version of the app is go point at some text that you don't want there and it's gone. And as Apple has added more to the vision framework, I have added more to the app. So like I said, it didn't originally have character recognition. Now it does. What that means is I can add tools for uh, people to use that make it more powerful. I can say like, hey, you can add a automatic redactions list. Like I never want my name in a document and it will automatically go and find your name in any document and hide it. Uh, I can do higher level stuff like find me anything that looks like a phone number. Find me anything that looks like an address. Hide Mm -hmm. those. And those are all things that Apple has built in and done that. And then with the recognition stuff, I can also provide features that, you know, aren't necessarily uh, the kind of things that you'd think of as features. So something that was kind of bad about the first version of the app is, if you are a screen reader user like voiceover, you can't use the app. Now you can because it's actually telling you through voiceover what that text is. And you can say, oh, that's the part I don't want. Let me redact that. Mm. And you can do that even as a screen reader user. And so these are just nice. things that have been added by Apple over time to the framework. And I'm just adopting them and using them to make my app better as well. And you're putting in features that are useful. And the reason I say that is we've, we've all seen examples of this, right? Uh, you know, Apple brings out Framework X, which is very cool and does this thing. Next thing you know, everybody's using it in completely the wrong context <laughs> and, and just doing it because they want to try and be featured on the store. But like you say, as you're describing it here, and I've seen these these features, of course, in action, um, they all fit very nicely with the idea and the original, I presume the original concept of the idea mm-hmm. for essentially manipulating text, um, but not in the sense of like a text editor. Uh, and, and like you say, I mean, when you see this on the screen, it, it looks exactly when you say redacted document to someone, that's exactly what this looks yep. like. Right. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's interesting to watch it when it's working too, because you know, we should explain to folks that you 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 can literally scribble over the text as if you had a page of text in front of you, and then it converts it to you know the, the essentially a, a block that is sized appropriately to cover the text. So mm-hmm. it's not like there's just black scribble over it, right? It 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 truly looks like you know the document that tells you where they keep the UFOs, yep. right? <laughs> you know that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm assuming that probably. You know, if the government's done the right thing, they've got like a million licenses for this app because... I am not at liberty to disclose that. <laughs> yeah. The, you have a redacted document that's the contract, <laughs> right? Yeah. 
Nice. Very nice. So uh, we do have a, you know, we had a question from, from one of our uh, viewers and, and we'll give him, give him a shout out. So Mono NZ, this is, this is for you. And, and that's a joke. If you've seen the stream, you'll, you'll get it. Um, but one of the questions that came in was about how, you know, your recommendations or your system for learning new things, which is something we all do all the time. And, you know, even if it doesn't seem like it, I know for me, I try to take a very structured approach. I'm not one of those people who can just read about a thing, remember it, not, not need to use it, but that lot, you know, that, that knowledge has gone in and it's good there for one day. I'm one of those kind of folks where I'll go read whatever I need for whatever the task is at hand, right? Or the problem and trying to solve. But, but how about you? What's your recommendation as well to folks who may be getting into this uh, or want to get into this? We get a lot of people asking us this um, and saying, you know, not necessarily how do I start, where do I start? Because I think that's different for every person. But how do you learn? So the way that I tend to learn new things is it sounds basically the opposite of what you were saying, that uh, what I am doing <laughs> is not very structured. It is typically I will see either something that I want to go learn or I will have an idea for something that I want to do. And basically what I do at that point is I just start throwing things at the wall to see what sticks and, you know, go in there. Uh, hey, maybe this is what I want. Maybe this is the framework that I need. Maybe this is uh, an approach that I can take to do it. And you'll see that a lot on my streams where I'll kind of just be like, generally, I think this is the right direction to go and I'll write it and it won't work. And then I'll try something else and I'll try that and maybe it'll get closer. Uh, maybe, maybe it'll fail. It'll, it'll get worse. It'll, you know, be harder. It'll be further away from my goal. Um, and then a lot of that is just like trial and error. Just, just keep going, keep pushing at it until something works. I I think that's been very obvious this week where I'm starting with something that I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, I have, there's a lot of Python involved. This is machine learning code. I've not done any of that directly myself at all, uh, basically ever. And, uh, a lot of it is I'm going to try what, um, I'm going to try to do what I can. And, you know, when it doesn't work, I'm going to just keep searching, keep asking questions, keep Googling things and, and, push at it until I, I finally get to the point that I need to get to. And yeah, sometimes it's slow, but I think that it's one of those cases where if you pers persevere long enough, then you can kind of get to a good state. And, and having done all of that, I think helps retain it as well, where, you know, I remember the struggle of how I had to do this. I remember the struggle <laughs> of uh, learning all of the ways not to do it before finally getting to the point where it's correct. And then a large part of, you know, retaining that as well is like, I remember what I was doing when I did it. And then I can always go back and look at my code. So, you know, mm. I'll often have something where I've solved something in black highlighter and need to come back later and have a very similar feature in Kineo and go, well, why don't I just pop open the black highlighter code base and go look at my old code again to figure out how I did it then. Oftentimes it's a case of like, well, this was the bad way to do it. Let me improve it from what I've learned <laughs> since then. But 
um, you know, especially getting on, like, I, I feel like even among the streamers that we have here, uh, I was pretty late to the game on Swift UI. And a lot of what I had to do is like, I'm banging my head against Swift UI. I'm not really understanding how it works. But then when I got the smallest amounts of it working in Black Highlighter, okay, now I've got a basis. Now I'm going to go add some more to it in Kineo. Okay, now I've improved uh, what I can do there. And now I'm getting to the points where I've got new apps that are entirely uh, uh, built in Swift UI. And so, yeah, it's just a matter of, yes, I had to go through a very painful process once because it, it, it's very trial and error. But then after I've gotten to that point, I think I can refer back to my past self and also like just know what I went through at that time to make it uh, keep building on top of that, I guess. Yeah, you know, no, I, I think, you know, like for me, um, you sort of touched on it there and, and something that I always say, and I was saying this to to someone I was interviewing the other day, um, you know, for me, learning from success it just teaches you that, okay, you you know some things, right? You know, but when it goes wrong, for me, that's when I learn the most. <laughs> and and for for anybody that's that's like, oh, yeah, we've seen his streams. Yeah, he <laughs> must learn an awful lot every time, right? Uh, but that's the truth of it, mm-hmm. right, is that struggle to solve a problem is is really the, the most intense learning I think you're going to do. And uh, especially if you're building in public like we do. Uh, and so many others do on the streams, you know, don't, don't ever be afraid to, you're going to screw up, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to yeah, make, absolutely. you're going to do things. Uh, thankfully, you know, as I always say, we're so lucky there's people on the internet to correct us, right? Um, cause you know, what, what else would they do? You know, you're going to walk away with that list that's like, well, don't do that. This was promising. Ah, this worked, right? So there is those kind of things. Um, I, I'm going to, going to jump to a, uh, oh dear, the the the, uh, <laughs> the chat rooms come alive, so we're in trouble now. Um, so we're gonna let, let's take one of the questions we've got from the chat room here. Uh, Nunchi says, uh, "Thanks for the great stream. You're very welcome. I don't know which stream you're watching, but it might be this one. Uh, we're in the process of converting closures to a sync await. Any advice? Uh, my advice is, yeah, do that. Yeah, do it. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I." The biggest thing that I've found that has helped there is that Apple provides tools for async await to kind of go both directions with that, where you can take async await code and you can wrap it in closures and you can do vice versa. You can take closure-based code and turn it into async await with the uh, uh, throwing continuations type stuff. Um, And that's my advice, I guess, would be take advantage of those so that you can kind of have everything live in both worlds at the same time, you can have your async version of a function and your callback based version of a function. And you can kind of have them both built in terms of one another. And then that helps you wean off of them very, you know, deliberately. You don't have to go, oh, I'm, you know, rewriting this into pure async right away. No, when you've got new code, use that async version as you get rid of some of the older code that is using the callbacks, you can eventually throw away your callback based version, but there's no reason to just go in and hard delete all of your closure based stuff right now and go to async await. Take your existing callback based code, wrap it 
in an async await wrapper and then, you know, use it on new stuff and get rid of it when it makes sense for you to get rid of it. Likewise, if you are building something brand new that's async await by default, you know, maybe provide a callback based wrapper so that older code can call into it and you don't have to rewrite your old code just to access this new API. You can, you can kind of, yeah, just have it live in, in, uh, two different versions of it until you're ready to move everything else. No, I agree. I, I was going to say the same thing, which is just in general, right? Wh- whatever it may be, well, you know, let's take another classic example, like you say, Swift UI, right? Um, you don't have to dive in heads first and say, okay, I'm now redoing everything in this. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure you can. Um, you know, but I think anyone that's ever worked for, if they work for a company and do this full time and, and they have products and projects they work on, one thing you're going to find very quickly is they'll say to you, yeah, well, uh, we don't have a time for a complete rewrite, <laughs> you know. Um, and and so we're lucky, I think, in sort of Apple land, as it were, that a lot of the technologies, if not all of them, um, enable you to do this partial conversion mm-hmm. over time. Or as you say, like, for example, I think, you know, I, I'm still doing it right now on projects, Right. There's projects that are Objective-C code base and slowly being converted to Swift. But as new features or new changes, whatever it may be, some portion of the app that we're touching, we do stop and say, does it make more sense to do this in Swift now? We don't have to convert it later because we have that luxury. And it's and I, I feel like that's something Apple's done a good job on throughout these languages is enabling, oh, okay, don't worry, put it in a wrapper. It's not the best, but it's convenient. It lets you do this, keep shipping, and keep moving forward uh, unless you just truly say to yourself, you know what, I want to go all in and change it. And I think, you know, the problem is with any mature code base, and, and I get it, the definition of mature code base is interpretive. I guess I would say to me, any app that is shipped, right, is is definitely mature and you know, taking it piece by piece. So, for example, if a sync await is something that you can benefit from now and you have a particular reason to switch and use, uh, go for it, right? Or, or experiment with it. You know, that's when, to me, it's always like, oh, here comes a new branch in <laughs> in the repo, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, six, uh, we've both been there, right? Six hours from now when I realize this is not working, Delete the branch, pretend it never happened, and move on, right? <laughs> There's none of this, oh, I've got to go back and pull everything out again. So that, that would be the other tip, I think, right there, is anything somewhat radical, um, you know, make a new branch, yeah. right, and, and play safe. You yeah, know? Uh, make a new branch, make a uh, – just make a test project. Make, make a small uh, cutout of your app. You know, don't – necessarily go in and take it all at once just take it um you know piece at a time uh if you can pull out a playground and do a proof of concept that works great too like um i know the other day i was you know we're gonna mention we're gonna keep mentioning the same person over and over again mono nz was uh (laughs) working on uh, a custom layout for his app and i kind of just like okay let me create a playground that I can stick in some fake data and uh, 
just try things out. Like just, just go in there and yep. say like, Hey, here's a proof of concept of this theory and, uh, tear it out and just work on a small little chunk of it. And it means that you don't have to worry about, Oh, what am I going to do if this doesn't go the way that I want? Well, you throw it away. It's yep. a, a small play, playground. Like if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Uh, and I, I think that yeah. in this case that that actually did happen where I was helping him with this layout and I was like, Hey, here, I got this mostly working. I think, I think this will do what you want. And he goes, Oh, but I need each individual element to be tappable. And I was like, well, okay. Toss that out. Start over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you know, there's always that happens. Like, you, you know, you, you tried something. Here's what I learned from it. I, I learned a lot about canvas, Swift UI canvas in doing that. And then, uh, you know, when it didn't work out, it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm not, I've not got this whole big project that I did. I just did a quick little playground and, uh, you know, when it didn't work out, I'm able to not have too many hard feelings about it. Yeah. Right. And, and Hey Mono, you're, uh, you're in the podcast now, buddy, <laughs> you know, you're, you're there in spirit, right? Although he's in the chat room. The so chat, yeah. I, I guess he's also there in text and spirit, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, and you know, this is, uh, touches on something that I want to bring out there as well, which is the other part of this um, is why I love building in public. I'm never afraid, uh, as anyone knows, <laughs> I'm never afraid to embarrass myself and screw up in public. But I'm cool with that because um, it also serves to show other folks, look, you know, it may seem like some magical thing that people do this stuff uh, an app appears and that's the way it goes. Mm -hmm. But you don't see the hours, the days of, I don't want to use the word failing, of, of discovery of ways not to do things, right? <laughs> um, that, that gets us there. And then the other important part of that is too, uh, you know, like with our streams, is sharing, freely sharing that, that knowledge with other folks to, to make their stuff better. And, um, also receiving feedback on your own, right? Mm -hmm. I've had it with my uh, apps and uh, with my games that I work on where I get feedback as I'm working on them. Great. You know what? Because that, that helps shorten that cycle of, okay, ship it, find out what folks think, right? They get to sculpt it as you're building it. Um, you know, to what you were saying about like people not knowing the like hours and hours that go behind, go into something. Um, I, I think it can be, illuminating to even other developers to, to realize like some of these things that will be like seem easy and that you are like, well, this is not going to be a problem at all. You, you, you come, come watch you or me or Nutter or anybody else and say like, Hey, you know, like often there's things that we think are going to be easy and they're not, and they're just, they just aren't, um, a, a big, you know, multi-week thing that I did recently was, you know, black highlighter for the longest time has supported text that's laid out just flat. It, you know, you scanned in a document or you took a screenshot and it worked. And what I wanted to do was, okay, what happens if you took a photo and your text is like 15 degrees at an angle and you, yeah, I'm sure you remember how big <laughs> I remember the math. that was. <laughs> and it's like, all I want to do is just deal with this thing being slightly rotated and it was weeks. It took weeks for me to figure that yeah. out. And yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, 
I, I think people will see a lot of that. And, um, you know, sometimes I do wish that, uh, I could send videos of that to, uh, one star reviewers. They're like, why are you charging? <laughs> why are you charging money in Kineo for zoom? And it's like, do you know how long it took me <laughs> to implement zoom in Kineo? Like it yeah. was such a pain. And, uh, oh, sure. yeah, yeah. You know, but a lot of these things happen and it's like, what is the difficulty and, and what's mm-hmm. there? But yeah, uh, there's a lot of learning and a lot of discovery for some of the stuff that seems like it should be very straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, I, you know, it's like, okay, if you, if you saw the video of me doing this and creating this, you'd realize it's not as simple as, but you just put your fingers on the screen and pinch and zoom. It's like, yeah, that's what they want you to believe. Right. You know, um, it's, it's, uh, I guess like the developer joke, right. You know, making a, an iPad app or an iPhone app and a Mac app is just clicking one button in Xcode. Right. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't believe the marketing hype. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so we have a, another question here, but first of all, I want to touch on this because, because Mono, um, uh, he's, uh, he says he's got an invoice, but I think you should, you should send him one now. <laughs> uh, but actually, to, the, to our I, point, I, I, you know, I think uh, that you are not the person who wants to encourage me sending invoices for uh, helping people out. No, 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 no. I can't afford this. I can't. I can't afford it. <laughs> uh, but he does say, you know, like so. He linked his football app um, to, to. I think he said he's, he's saying his business partner here to show them the level of effort that's involved. And yeah, that's great. You know, it's kind of like that homework thing. Never be afraid to, to show your work, right? Because it will, as, as both of you pointed, give everybody an appreciation for the level of effort involved here. And um, I want to go back here because I see one here. Um, so Nunchi's asking, uh, caught the end of your machine learning discussion, are you using Core ML or TensorFlow or the other 300 things that I saw you use in the middle? Right. I'll add that in. <laughs> yes, both. Uh, so um, the machine learning model that I was originally using was built for TensorFlow and um, was running on TensorFlow on my Mac. And I wanted to get it running on iOS, so I was converting it to CoreML. I do now know that there is a version of TensorFlow for iOS, but it appears that, that uh, the model that I was using would not have worked in that anyway. So I... It seems seems uh, that uh, going with CoreML was still the right idea, but well, you know, still early days with this. I, I still don't really understand everything that I'm doing there. But yeah, got it converted from TensorFlow to CoreML, and I'm now using CoreML for everything that I've got going on in there right now. I, I remember there was uh, one stream this week that I I tuned into, and all I saw was with these arrays of numbers and I, I just immediately remember Giant thinking like yeah i'm like oh this looks bad took it you know when you like you, you tune in halfway through the movie and you're like what, what's going on here right <laughs> you and, know. And, and not just arrays of numbers arrays of arrays of arrays of numbers arrays of, <laughs> yeah like what was it i think it today you mentioned it was like a four-dimensional array and i'm mm-hmm. like well that's just a nightmare right there <laughs> you know <laughs> once your arrays go into the fourth dimension i think i think all hope is lost right yep. you know it's like, I'm sorry, is this a 3D game or was I just trying to make a picture? You know, so I, so I like that. Yeah. You know, talking about it, I, I do remember watching you trying to work out that rotation. And, and on the surface, yeah, okay. You know, you're like, 
math for turning something 15 degrees. Yeah, sounds easy. And then um, I, I forget how long it, you were working on that. What, you had like, there was like four or five people in the chat yeah, room ab- throwing suggestions yeah. at you. Yeah. I, was, the the yeah I I guess this is this is a fun anecdote for um uh this in general and just like the the idea of this working in public and kind of working through problems in public is uh the best feeling that I had uh ever in a chat uh, or in in a live stream was I was banging my head against this thing and um one of the things that I I do in Black Highlighter is I need to often like figure out when two paths intersect with each other and when they uh, overlap with each other and whether or not, you know, like you've actually selected something. And I use a library for that called, now I'm going to blank out it. It's like Clipping Bezier, I believe is, is the name of the library. And what was hilarious is I'm sitting here like banging my head against, I don't understand what I'm, I'm doing here. And the developer of Clipping Bezier, Adam Wolf actually shows up in chat and is like, hey, why don't you try this? And I was like, you just like showed up and like, here is the fix for it. And it's like, I love when stuff like that happens. It's like somebody can come up, they're like the the pure expert in exactly what I'm trying to do and go like, hey, here's the here's what you actually need to be doing. And it's like, oh, this is this is so great to have that kind of thing happen. It's like literally the the developer of the library that I'm trying to use right now just shows up and is like, yeah, I can, I, I can, I can help you out with that. I know a thing or two. Yeah, yeah. That that's when you're like, I'm so glad I did yeah, this, exactly. right? You know, because uh, you know, talk, talk about you know live support and from the right source. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and you know, uh, I guess you didn't offend him too badly because he's he's been back, he's been back since yeah. then. <laughs> yep. So so yeah, you you must have used it right and didn't cause offense. Yep. So that's good. But no, you're right. You know. Um, it's it is always great when you you're doing something. It's like um, some of the Slack groups out there, and then suddenly you discover, oh, the person that makes that is in here, yep. and they're, they're helping me. And you're like, oh, thank you, thank you. Yep. You know, and that goes right in hand in hand. I, I guess we should we should say this if we haven't already. Um, never be afraid to ask questions. Right? You, you may be sitting there out there with a problem, thinking, you know. Oh, this is so embarrassing because I'm sure it must be simple, mm-hmm. but maybe it isn't. Maybe it's right. Not, yeah. And yeah, and if it's a problem for you, and it's only a five minute answer from someone else, ask the question. Save yourself the pain. Right? There, there's there's no need to go through the pain unnecessarily. And um, certainly, all the streams and and all the folks that I hang out with and everything like yourself, uh, always happy to answer. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and because. There are certain questions that will always come up just because you are somebody asked a question on on today. Well, the person coming along next week may not have seen that. Mm-hmm. And and so when they ask the question, it's the first time for them, right? Yeah. And to treat it that way. And I mean, you you talk about like uh, we've mentioned that there are questions that come up again and again and again. Uh Swift UI versus UI kit uh, being, you know, kind of one of the big ones. And not only mm-hmm. is it you know, useful to ask that question over and over again because somebody might not have heard the answer before, but that answer changes over time. You know, oh, when yeah. I first started learning SwiftUI, I would have been like, SwiftUI versus UIKit, you know, uh, SwiftUI definitely seems like an interesting thing, but it's 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 maybe not time for it right yet. You know, give it a little while to mm-hmm. bake. Uh, you know, uh, two years later, I'm like, oh, you know, like 
it's you know, it seems like the way that Apple's going. You probably want to be familiar with it, but you're probably going to need to be more familiar with UIKit because that's what everybody's doing right now. And if you ask me yep. the question now, I'm going to be like, yeah, you probably want to start with SwiftUI and then backfill your knowledge with UIKit as it's necessary. Um, you know, somebody like you're going to keep bringing him up. Somebody like Mono who is starting <laughs> just now and, and uh, you know building a, a project from scratch. Uh, absolutely should start in Swift UI and not be starting with, you know, the years of baggage that UIKit has just to get some basic stuff going on. Like start with Swift UI. And then if you need UIKit, UIKit's there. You don't need to, yep. you know, you, you don't need to start with UIKit just because that's the answer that I would have given you a year ago. Right. And I think also, you know, any technology of, of which, yes, you're quite right. I mean, this is, the the whole UI kit app kit Swift UI is is the big one right now, of course, especially because of the way Apple is driving to essentially, like they said last year, we're telling you now you should do this, right? Because um, we recommend it, but eventually you will be told to do it, yeah. right? Um, so so why not play with it now? But also because if you, you know, for for those folks, and we we both know some folks who are looking to get into this industry. They, they have the, the smarts and the knowledge to do it now. But our advice to them is always um, be prepared because if you apply for a job at a company or something like that and they have pre-existing apps like I was hinting at earlier, you're going to find that it's not going to be just the technology you've learned today. And at least understanding the the t- technologies that are currently used in this case, let's say you know UI Kit, um, you may not have to code in it if you're lucky, and and but you will at least be expected to understand it well enough to be able to sort of in your head reverse engineer what's going on there, because even if they're in the process of moving to say Swift UI, they're going to want to move what they have, right? It's not going to be some radical new thing that's going to be completely different. So you need to know how to reverse engineer the old layout. And you can't necessarily trust the, well, if I run the app on a device, I'm going to see what it looks like and I'll build that. You know, let's let's talk about this transition period and, and how long that might take. How long until, you know, for example, Swift UI is the only option. And you can't do app kit or UI kit. I mean, is it one, two, five, ten years? I don't know the answer, but we all know that well, there's a point at which it probably will be that. And a lot of it will depend on the platform. For example, uh, as we've said before, if you do anything on the Apple Watch, uh, you know, Swift UI, you better be comfortable with it, right? Yep. If you do, uh, is, is it the widgets on the Mac, if I remember rightly? A Swift Mac, UI? Mac and iOS are both Swift UI only. There you go. So uh, it's happening now, but how long till we eventually get there? I don't know. I'm sure Apple would like it to be sooner rather than later. But I say that, and here we are coming to the end of April, and of course we've got WWDC 23. In June this year, I don't think it'll happen this year, but last year they were strongly emphasizing the move. Mm-hmm. I can only but imagine this year they'll be strongly emphasizing it twice as much at yeah. the very least. So I think, you know, I think those technologies will always be out there, right? But I think as far as, you know, Apple does have this option, we've seen it on other things where they say, 
you know what? Um, and I think, wasn't it the April Fool's Day thing where it's like, no, nope, only accepting Swift UI apps in the store now, <laughs> you know? So it, it, it may come that way, right? It may be forced upon you. But what do you think? I mean, I, I think it's probably a good few years. Yeah, I, I think it'll, it'll be quite a while. Uh, but I, I do think that they will kind of, you know, we, we mentioned the widgets. We mentioned uh, things like that where um, they'll kind of ratchet it towards that. It's like, oh, you know, this new feature can only be done in Swift UI. This new feature can only be done uh, in Swift versus Objective C. You know, I think that's the other the other aspect of it is like, how long is Objective C going to be around? Um, they'll they'll keep moving towards that. I mean, they they did that recently with uh, WeatherKit, where it's like WeatherKit can only be used from Swift and not from Objective C. Um, and and I, I think that that's the kind of thing that you'll see is that they will just like slowly march towards what is there and what's not there. I don't think that they'll just one day wholesale go, yeah, UI kit's gone, but they'll, they'll yeah. kind of go, oh, well, you know, this new thing can only be done in Swift UI. This new thing can only be done in Swift UI. This new thing can only be done in Swift UI. And eventually you'll be at a point where it's like, well, what's left. Um, and, and, mm-hmm. and I think that will be the point at which UI kit gets deprecated. But again, you know, that is years from now in my, in my mind. Uh, but yep. it is what are like like you said what is the platform um you know there's been all these rumors for the last couple of years and it, it it's you know it seems like there's a lot of smoke this year about oh we're going to have this headset based thing is that going to be something that is primarily swift ui probably i don't know like no, nobody knows anything if you're not craig federighi but uh you know yeah. i I, th- I think that there's probably a huge chance that like we've got something that's brand new is coming down the street. It's probably not going to be at least primarily UI kit based. It will probably be mm. primarily Swift UI. I'm sure for things like 3d engines or whatnot, you're going to fall back to older technologies like scene kit. I, I don't imagine this being the year that they do like a Swift AR, for example. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I think that, that that would be the case is, you know, you're, you've got something brand new. You might as well just have it be SwiftUI from the beginning if you're Apple. Yeah. And, and an important point there, you know, this is something that I think compared to most other platforms, at least the ones that I know about, uh, of which Android is, is an obvious comparison, uh, you know, because Apple totally controls the hardware and therefore, uh, controls the software and, you know, yes, there's, of course, a lot of debate, don't really want to get into it about whether that's good or bad. But from a developer's perspective, uh, I'll say that I think it's good, right? Because it's controlling the experience and it comes down to, okay, that makes my life easier, right? I don't have... I I think my answer to that question changes on the day of the week. (laughs) What happened? I was going to say... I was just about to say to myself, well, that used to be that I was about to say I don't have to work for a thousand different screen sizes, but uh, that was before there was 20 different versions of everything. So I don't know about that now. No, I, I was just going to say, I, I think that, you know, the, the counterpoint is when they're like, when they do do these hard cutovers, I remember with iOS 14 and the uh, photo library stuff, and it's like, nope, you've got to be on board with this right now. And if you don't rewrite all of your photo handling your app's going to, you know, be popping up errors and telling everybody that you're stealing their data and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So 
I, I definitely think that there is a give and take with that. Like Apple being very controlling can be very good because it pulls us forward. It means that, you know, we have, you know, one correct way of doing things, but it means that if you're outside of that correct way of doing things, you're in trouble pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, uh, none of us, I, I think we never like being told to do something, <laughs> right? But at the same time, I think any time that I've come across that, you know, a year or so later, I, it's kind of that begrudging, well, I'm kind of glad they did yeah. because they were right. You know, I of course, I remember when they, you know, I forget which year it was now, but, um, you know, I think... It, there was that thing of, well, don't build, you know, they said at WWDC, don't really focus on building your apps to specific screen sizes. And that kind of gave you a clue of, well, something's coming, you know. And I feel like if they're going to, if if they wanted to, and uh, I guess I don't, I don't mind either way because I, I, I don't really plan to buy it. You know, if the headset comes out this year or whenever it does, um, I'm not going to rush out and buy one because it'll be Apple priced. <laughs> and, um, you know, the, the the famous thing of you don't necessarily want to get V1 of Apple anything. Uh, but I'm sure they'll sell plenty of them and, and that. But the important part is it is an opportunity for Apple to say, you know, hey, here's a new platform. You are only, like you quite rightly say, you are only going to do it this way and and to force it in that direction. So we're not saying... Yeah, you you can't use these other technologies anymore. We're just saying, just like with the watch, for this platform, you will do it this way. Mm -hmm. And then over time, because of course, everyone's, anytime Apple brings out a new something, uh, you know, there's going to be a massive drive, user demand for it. And uh, of course, understandably, you know, developers, uh, dev studios and that, are going to want to get on that platform too. Totally makes sense. So in a way, it sort of drives itself in that, well, whether you want to do it or not, if you want to be on that platform, that's what you got to do. Folks, uh, and the question is in the chat room, is Swift UI ready for production? I guess it doesn't matter at this point, right? Because um, there are apps out there, you know, I two of my apps are complete Swift UI. Uh, okay, they're only my personal sort of, fun apps it's not like i've got the responsibility of tens of thousands of users or or whatever hundreds of thousands of users to be responsible for on those but um you know that's the choice i made because i, I wanted to make it right mm -hmm. um and for what i needed and i guess this is kind of my my slightly deeper answer for what i needed my interface to be swift ui can do that right now yep no reason not to I don't think there is a, a global answer of, yeah, now, do it now, right? Yeah. There is that very situational, what do you need from a UI? Okay, can your platform of choice do that? Yep. And, and I mean, to, to go back to what we said earlier, like there is a ability for these to, you know, kind of straddle the line for a little bit. Um, I You can go build an app in only Swift UI. But that Swift UI may have some parts that are custom and you've wrapped UI kit around it. And it's like, oh, the the main structure of the app, all of the navigation, all of the app lifecycle, that's all Swift UI. But then, you know, I've got a UI view representable over here that is falling mm -hmm. back to this custom thing that I need. 
or, you know, even something like canvas where it's like, I'm falling all the way back to just drawn shapes and, and buttons on the screen. Like, um, you know, there's, there's definitely a, a world in which just because you're embracing Swift UI for 95% of your app doesn't mean that, you know, you, you don't, aren't going to have to like shell out to UI kit or app kit or whatever at some point. Um, you know, the, yeah. the app that I'm have been working on the most, most recently is, you know, almost pure Swift UI from the ground up, but we were running into something the other day where is, you know, Oh, this particular way of handling split views is only available in AppKit, and okay, maybe I've got to fall back to AppKit just to make this split view work. So, uh, thank you to the live chat room. Uh, this has been a you know th this has actually worked out really well, and um, you know I might entertain doing some more of these live sessions like this that then become the podcast and that. Although I don't know how I'm going to edit this. This might be two <laughs> weeks later, like. Still trying to figure it out, you know. Um, but I do want to say thank you to everyone in the chat room and, and watch the live stream for this. Greatly appreciate it. Of course, there will be links for everything in the show notes. And, um, you know, hey, I, I can't thank you enough, Jeff, for, for doing this. No, thank um, you for having me. You know, this, this, oh, you're welcome. This, this was a user request, and I don't know if they knew what they were getting. <laughs> so, you know, it, but we will put links for everything in the show notes. Uh, but please tell folks where they can find you and, uh, you know, find your apps. I, I, I think, you know, CocoType.com is the main hub for everything that I do. I think it's got links to uh, my Twitch stream. It's got links to my personal website. It's got links to all of my apps. So CocoType.com is a place to go. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, you can, of course, find this podcast and, and that at CompileSwift.com which is what I'm known for, um, you know, guilt, guilty as charged, I guess, is, is the way to put that. Uh, again, thank you to everybody for hanging out today. Greatly appreciate it. So uh, that's what we got for you, folks. Appreciate it. Um, I'll put a link uh, in the chat room here for a second for the Discord if you would like to continue this conversation with us or ask any amount of questions. We do have a Discord. I'll put a link in the chat room and I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but that's it, folks. Have a great one. We will see you next time.